Yo, what's going on, internet people? Welcome to the fourth episode of the Game Time Podcast. If this is your first time stopping by, thank you so much. I'll give you a little rundown of what goes on here, as per usual. Basically, I just play through games that I want to play, never got to play, or never got to beat, and then I talk about them with friends or strangers. If you're coming back after one of the previous episodes, I really, really do appreciate that as well. Uh, That is going to be the backbone of this thing, so keep coming. The last episode, Batman for the NES, kind of blew up a little bit and really kind of surprised me. Nothing too crazy, but we had listeners in 10 states and four other countries, so shout out if you're in any of those countries. Chile, Slovakia, United Kingdom, or the Netherlands. That's so crazy. Even if you just turned it on for a second, I really appreciate it. The internet and the world we live in today is just so insane. Blows my mind. Anyways, today we're going to be talking Super Mario World for the SNES, a game that has eluded me somehow for all these years. Got my buddy Donnie on here with me today, and he's essentially an expert in it, so he knows his shit. Let's get it. Well, Donnie, welcome to the Game Time Podcast. Let's try to take that one more yeah. time. <laughs> Fuck, this is always the hardest part. You were you were on point, do your thing, and then I'll hop in when you're yeah, done. Yeah. I, yeah, I took the, the small lull there as the, the finish to welcome to the Game Time Podcast. Oh, you're good. Welcome to the Game Time Podcast, Donnie. It is time. It is not time. We say it with a TH here. Ooh, thick. Yeah, very thick. Thick. I like it. Welcome that. to the game. Welcome to the game. Thyme talk. <laughs> God damn, I suck at this. Why? Why did I even do this? The th- game Thyme podcast. Welcome to the game Thyme podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me, uh, Donnie, aka Redbeard Baron, aka Sexy Snake Simpai on Twitch. Uh, you can find me there almost daily. Uh, I do a lot of streaming in my free time, and uh, I stream pretty much everything uh horror games puzzle games rocket league shooters elden ring of course elden ring's a huge deal right now i've been spending a lot of time with that um in time i would love to go back through and actually do quite a bit of old school gaming and touch up on some retro stuff which is what excited me about the podcast i love to step back and do some retro right now again elden ring has kind of consumed my life so if you're watching me, if you're seeing me, it's going to be playing Elden Ring and getting absolutely wrecked. So uh, <laughs> one last time, so shameless plug, Sexy Snake Senpai on Twitch. Catch me there almost daily. Yes, sir. You heard it. And he literally streams every day. I watch pretty much every day a little <laughs> bit. Um, it's good stuff, man. It's really good stuff. And you've come to the right place to uh, revisit some retro stuff and possibly, hopefully, here in the future, knock some stuff off your list with me. Absolutely. Uh, again, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. This is my first time doing any podcast, so please forgive the fact that I keep looking at you instead of at my own camera. Uh, no, you're good. Because that mustache, good God, I just cannot <laughs> stop staring at it. Like, uh, As a man who has a beard... Uh, I can't always appreciate a good stash, so cheers. Oh, cheers. yeah. Uh, I appreciate Another it. shameless cheers. plug to our sponsor, not a sponsor, Arnold Palmer, Arizona Tees. So, yes, sir. Uh, are not... The official, official, unofficial sponsor of the Red Beard Baron. <laughs> yes, yes. And my <clears throat> official, unofficial sponsor, uh, it goes back and forth, but it's LaCroix or Bubbly, so holler at me if you want to send me a case or something. Yeah, free free <laughs> beverages, please. Oh, we yes. have no shame. Well, no shame here. Thanks for the shout-out on the stash, though. I mean, I had a, a pretty long beard there for a minute, yeah. and I just shaved, so 
feels great back to being a normal person you know it's just the life we live being manly lumberjack men you know that's that's just where we sit in this world i guess so uh what are what game are we talking about today i don't even remember oh boy we are talking about what is possibly in my opinion one of the most iconic games in my lifetime big big part of my childhood big big part of a lot of childhoods especially if you're around 30 years old which i am That's um right. and again you're talking about the face of nintendo when you think nintendo you cannot think anything other than this man right here, Super Mario. And we're playing what is my favorite um, installation. I'm trying to think of a good word for that. My favorite installation of the game series, Super Mario World. Which, I actually haven't brought this up to you yet, even though we've already discussed this. Probably the first game that I ever 100%ed in my entire life. Which led to a lot of very neurotic gameplay when I got older, because <laughs> I obsess about certain things, and I will search every nook and cranny for stuff. This is a game that a um, huge part, a huge part of my childhood, a huge part of my life, and uh, I love, I love with a passion. Big nostalgia factor here, and I know for yourself, you didn't actually get into it until years ago. How how long? So. So I never grew up with a Super Nintendo in the house. My my friends uh, had Super Nintendo. We basically made the jump from NES straight to N64. So like very familiar with the original Mario Brothers, very familiar with Mario Brothers 3, um, and then very familiar with Mario 64. This is the missing link for me. Wow. And I've, <laughs> I've played it over the years. Um but I've never beaten it. And to be honest, I suck at it. I was at my friend Chris and Courtney's house. Shout out Chris and Courtney. Uh, they'll probably listen to this. But we were at their house um, a few months ago. And we would go over there, you know, every every now and again, like every Friday, not every Friday, but some Fridays. And we would just play retro games together. And this is one we would play a lot. And Jesus, was I bad at it. And they would make fun of me so hard because they know I'm like super into retro gaming too. So this time I, I, I got it done. I was able to beat it. It took a little while. There, there were some safe states in there, but it was beaten pretty much fairly. Uh, nothing got spammed. Uh, and I never like save stated to beat a level, but you know, quality of life improvements. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's just better to go ahead and use one than start the whole thing over again. So see, and uh, it's actually funny that you say it like that. Cause I feel like we kind of went the opposite in, in this direction. Uh, myself, I played the original Nintendo, uh, and I have played, of course, all the original Mario's that came out, and I did play 1, 2, and 3, but the one that I spent the most time with, and the one that I am most familiar with, is actually Super Mario World. Uh, the SNES was definitely one of my first consoles that I actually owned, and between Super Mario World and Mario Kart, I uh, definitely <laughs> put some hours into uh, into that system, and this game was was a big deal. I skipped altogether until I was a teenager, uh, Super Mario 64. So that is the least known in my book. Um, I know this game better than all of them, but Super Mario 64 was a skip for me. I didn't get to really play a lot of that. And even today, I don't think I ever finished it. So Ooh, that's one I, that's I'll one. I'll have to go through and play it. And it it I'm almost certain it's sitting in there on my shelf right now, uh, right next to my 64. I just never finished it. Yeah. Speaking of which, I <clears throat> actually have the um, 3D All Stars collection for Switch. Uh, if you want to borrow it, you're more than welcome to, because that is where we played Super Mario World for this episode. It was on Switch because it's on there and available. And this is a classic example of how a Nintendo gives you something available, or if they make something available for you to play without pirating it, we will play it there. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, Nintendo, if you're listening, fucking give us the games we want. Yeah. <laughs> like, give us retro. Out. What is your what is <laughs> your right. deal, Nintendo? <laughs> they finally gave us Earthbound on Switch, um, but. I had just beaten it like a couple months ago uh, without Switch. So I, I think a good transition would be to talk about um, our favorite plumber and our mustachioed amigo, Mario. Ooh, Ooh. Uh, yes. I mean, we're we're talking about um, again an icon in the gaming world, a version of the game 
that I think really helped redefine where gaming was going. Nintendo really crushed this when they put it out, and um, I've already told you. I've told you six times in the past 45 <laughs> minutes. I love this game. I, it released uh, August 13th in 1991, which myself, I was born June 30th, 91. So I was a month and 13 days old when this came out. And boy, if I was able to hold a controller then, you bet your ass I would have been playing it because it's, it's a masterpiece, you know? Yeah, yeah, we already went over this little part, but I was actually right at negative 1.9, almost negative two years old <laughs> when this came out. I, was, I wasn't even born. Yeah, you weren't even thought about yeah, yet. <laughs> this game, though, this game, uh, it actually took me a little bit by surprise. I... <clears throat> Probably like halfway through it, I understood the hype around it because I always saw it as just another Mario game, which are fantastic, but this really changed stuff up. Even for Mario 3, which is kind of considered the prequel to this, uh, this does a lot of cool stuff, a lot of new stuff, a lot of new enemies. Jeez, like it, it clicked. It clicked in my brain because I've tried to play through it multiple times and you know i'll play it for like two or three hours honestly probably got really close to beating it and then i just you know moved on to another game oh that was fun and then on to another game but this one this time i got all the way through it in two days the first day i got i think to the sixth castle or something like that and then today today i just knocked it out so yeah pretty short game pretty you know just to to get through the story at least yeah absolutely um and when you brought it up to me i was pleasantly surprised and absolutely i didn't take much talking uh talking me into going ahead and playing through it again and in the past couple of days i've actually played it twice and did a full 96 exit run both times so um it's one of those I have replayed and replayed, and the replay value of this game, and I think that's a big thing I would actually like to talk about, is today, um, how many games do you play that aren't shooters or something that is competitive that you want to replay? Like, that you actually want to take the time and run through it over and over again, and it doesn't just get to where it's kind of dying down for you uh mario is one that i've loved to play through and if i had the dedication um mad props to the speedrunners out there who speedrun this game and have put the time and effort in because it's incredible if you've never looked it up if you've never taken the time just spend 30 minutes watch the world record run of the speed run and if you're not impressed i don't know how you couldn't be these guys have mastered this game and play it in a way that is an art form almost. They know it up, down, left, and right. I thought I was pretty knowledgeable. I thought I was um, savvy on this game and actually knew a lot of what was going on, but I'd never spent the time watching a speed run. And uh, Josh, our, our buddy, yep. the other day actually showed me the world record for it, and it's almost like it's a new game to me. He does things that blew my mind. Uh, I can't remember his name, so I don't want to say it, but it's actually a Japanese speedrunner who has the number one uh, position. And he did a full 96 exit in an hour and 21 minutes, which is incredible. I mean, it, that's lightning fast. That is, if there's Holy faster smokes. out there, yeah, <laughs> if there's faster out there, I would love to see it because the man knows his game and he knows it really well. Um, yeah, speedruns are among the best part of retro <clears throat> gaming for me, I think. just I don't do it, but I'm very interested in it. Shout out Josh Toth. He's the one who put me on it. He was on Batman when uh, that one came out, Batman for the NES. But, oh, my God, dude, speedrunning is so cool. Absolutely. It's, and especially, like, the completion runs, like the 96 exits, it's insane. Like, anybody can break the game and beat it in five minutes and, like, glitch it out, essentially. But the actual, like, completionist speed runs, so crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, you you said it yourself. I got to give Josh a big shout out. Uh, I myself would have never attempted or done any speed run in gaming if it wasn't for him. He uh, convinced me to do Resident Evil. Uh, he and I have both ran Resident Evil quite a few times, and he's done 1 and 2 and 8, I believe. I don't remember if he's done the rest of them. Uh, myself, I've only ran 8, and I started to look at doing Super Mario until I saw how absolutely 
phenomenal that they have really streamlined this game. I can't really think of another set of games that have come out that I've had and held the same passion for that I have held for the Mario series. And all of them, the Mario Parties, Mario Karts, Super Mario, Super Mario World, Mario Sunshine, Odyssey. I mean, how many games can we talk about in the Mario series that are just fantastic? Uh, We were talking about Odyssey the other day and how good of a Mm -hmm. game that was. Um, And it's it's just a fun easily enjoyed you don't have to be good at it you don't have to be incredible at it um right but you can play through it in at all ages love right. the game so and love accessible. the series um and that that's the that's the way i should have put that it's an extremely accessible game for all skill levels and even if you are a hardcore gamer you can take that extra step up and push yourself to do faster runs to do cleaner runs like Super Mario World, uh, Special Road, we were talking about that, and you were playing through those, and you saw how how that challenge goes from Star Road, and it's a little bit harder, to Special Road, and it really steps that up for you. Yeah, I finished the game this morning, beat Bowser and everything, and then Donnie's like, oh, did you do this? Did you do this? There's like this and this, and I'm like, holy shit, there's like so many more things to do, and he was like, oh, you gotta get to Star Road, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? And he just like explains to me how to do it. I was like, okay, totally different game. <laughs> yeah, like, I missed, I missed so much. Um, like, <laughs> there's different colored Yoshi's. I was like, well, I didn't see any of that. Yeah. On my first playthrough. And uh, what, what's so fascinating about this is you're talking about a, a linear game that's kind of got a structure to it, but that can be played in multiple ways. It's not as simple as, point a to point b you've got the steps in between you've got star road you've got different ways and it's not your traditional mario warps where in like your previous one you'd have warp tunnels where you could hop from here to here and do um kind of a skipping of certain levels so you can get back to where you were mario actually gave you the opportunity to beat the game in 12 levels and that's it you can run through this entire game and defeat bowser in 12 levels which is pretty wild or if you want to go the step and play it the way i like to play it you can do all 96 exits which uh, is also extremely rewarding there's lots of secrets there's lots of little things that you might not see that you might not pick up the first time and that's where that replay value comes in because like yourself you've played through it i just discussed a little bit with you and then you're like oh my god there's all this stuff for me to still do so uh that that really fascinated me and as a kid I mean, how exciting was that, you know, in a time where that really wasn't a thing, that wasn't something that we were accustomed to. Right. To be fair, like, this really is the first open world game of sorts. Like, it's weird because you can go, like, multiple ways and you can really go anywhere. Like, it's pretty crazy. In the original Mario's, like, you would, you could see the map and stuff, but, like, this is different. You can go pretty much wherever you want to go you'll run into a wall where you have to beat a level but there's multiple routes absolutely and that really confused the hell out of me at first but now that i've beaten it and i can see the whole layout of where everything is it makes sense it's a new world altogether where you're used to being in the toadstool kingdom you actually go to an all-new place so you're playing in dinosaur land which um I mean, no, it's not a big deal, but it's also your first introduction into a new world style in Mario, which became something that was common later. Uh, 64 takes you back to Toadstool Kingdom, so like that changes a little bit. But all the different doors that lead to different places, you have um, a, a big introduction into the the way that they were going towards. And you can tell that all the future Marios definitely took inspiration from Super Mario World. This was a huge change for them. What started as a Super Mario Bros. 3 port ended up being a standalone new thing altogether. Something that they decided we're gonna kind of use the bare bones of, but we want to build something new, something more accessible, which is also kind of where we were discussing earlier. Uh, The game is very playable for all ages and for all skill levels. It doesn't really get what I would say super challenging, and even I've played it quite a bit, so it doesn't really have like as hard of a challenge to me. 
but as challenging as your star road or your special road. Which I remember as a kid, the infuriation and the absolute <laughs> um, joy of beating a special road level that I'd never beaten. Uh, tubular. You were playing Tubular earlier. Yeah, and... that's where I gave up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's all right. I saw what I needed to see. Yeah, and, and that one level, if you want to talk about the frustration and the aggravation in, in what was uh, young Donnie's life, that would be up there at the top. That would be one where I was so infuriating to play that because the rest of the game went pretty smooth for me. And then I would hit that brick wall and have to get through the hardest level in the game, in my eyes. I'm sure other people have other ones. Um, but in my eyes, that was the most difficult. And once you kind of get it down, you're like, that's not that bad. But mm-hmm. I still die on that level all the time. I still find myself messing up there, and I hate it, because I can run almost the entire game without losing lives. But when I get there, it's almost guaranteed that I'm going to die one time. Yeah, I gave it a couple whacks, and I, you know, we were about to record this, and I was like, "All right, that's that's okay." <laughs> I missed a couple things, but it's fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna do this to myself. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, we we were discussing, um, and we kind of touched on it. Fifty new enemies, with, and I say fifty. Fifty is kind of loose. New variations and styles of enemies, and then lots of new additions. Uh, one of my favorites, and I absolutely love this, is the crinkly dinosaurs. You can uh, Rex, <laughs> you jump on his head, and he gets squished down to a smaller dinosaur, and now he just sprints after you and stuff. Which, I mean, how do you not love that? It it gives a new aspect to a game where a lot of people were expecting repetition. You know, like you you've played through the first three, and you kind of get used to what you see. You know, like tubes turtles goombas all that kind of stuff you you get the idea of what's coming uh which in three you had your power suits you had different stuff you had your tanuki tail all that uh they dropped some of that you get your cape which i love if, if yeah, you're gonna cape is so op uh, it's uh, the it's the only way to play the game absolutely absolutely <laughs> and and of course uh i talk about rex how are we going to discuss dino land at all if we're not going to bring up yoshi i mean you're talking about mario's counterpart besides luigi and peach you're mm-hmm. you're you can't play a mario game today without thinking yoshi as well um right which i think is really funny i actually noticed something in the past two days um i can't unsee it now yoshi's orange arms i, d- I don't know why i don't know how i've never noticed that i don't know how it wasn't something that i didn't automatically just zone in on i guess it was part of his saddle i guess that's what i thought growing up it's like it was part of a saddle or something but now all i can see is those little orange arms running along yeah. the side of <laughs> wouldn't it now i think he might have had just like a palette swap or something in the future because i don't i need to go back and check but i play a lot of smash and i don't play yoshi personally but um you know i play against yoshi when i'm playing other people i don't think he has orange arms anymore but it, it's green yeah they did end okay. up eventually changing them to green and there was some contradictions that actually ended up in the game uh bowser's color is not your standard bowser color either right like, that's actually something that you see throughout the game um which i think is is kind of funny there are certain things which it was originally a japanese release it released a year before it came to america uh november what did we say it was like november 23rd in japan yeah it was about a year well yeah a little bit less than a year before it's a yeah november 21st 1990 in japan so i was a negative three then and it it released in the u.s when i was negative 1.9 yeah so. so uh it released in japan first which um i actually and and it's funny because we started doing this and i started learning things myself about it um the game actually released in Japan a year earlier, and I didn't know this. It was news to me. It was Super Mario 4. I always, and the only time I ever heard it talked about at all was as uh, Super Mario World. So hearing it called Super Mario 4, I think is pretty funny because, again, it I didn't know that. A game that took three years and 16 people to make, uh, which, think about that today. How many games oh are God. made with 16 people? 
how many games take three years to make? Like, that's another thing that you see these Call of Duties, you see these big AAA games come out, and they're spit out in months. They're spit out in a year, you know? You get new titles that are just a... I hate to say a reskin, but almost a reskin of the previous oh, title. You're um, safe to say that here. Call of Duty's trash, and it's a reskin every time. This was a game at the time when the cartridge come out was a four megabyte game. Look at Warzone. How many gigs? Yeah. How many gigs does that take up? How much download space? No, no, dear God, uh, it's at least two hundred. So no least, shit. Yeah, absolutely. Oh absolutely. I was just thinking in like terms of Halo because I don't play. I don't yeah, play Warzone. Yeah. I exclusively play Halo next gen. But um, yeah, I think it's like fifty. So megabytes. Your phone sends text messages bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking. I'm not even sure. Like an audio file nowadays, like a song. I think that's like basically four gig, or four, not four gigs, four megabytes. Yeah, and and I mean that's that's incredible. This game did everything that it did with that little bit of memory space, which today, I mean, we're absolutely blessed with where video games has gone and where we are and what we have the access to. But it all had to start somewhere. It all it all had to start at the bottom, and now we're here. <laughs> that's right. Oh, I, yeah. yeah, I just referenced a song. That's, that's I'll, where uh, we are. I'll, I'll drop it in the edit. Just a little pop in there. Um, I'll pop it in there. <laughs> first Mario game with save files. Which, that's true. Uh, is, what a is, blessing. Yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, think about all the times when you were playing through 3 and you quit and you had to go to school or you had to go wherever and then the next day you come back and you said, man, I hate that I have to get all the way back to where I was because I didn't have that chance to like finish what I was doing. I was talking to you about it and you actually touched on it a little bit. The secret exits. That that was fascinating to me. That was such a cool like feature to the game and such a cool way to kind of expand on the world for where you can end it one way and feel like you've beaten the level and then that replay value of going back into the level and doing it a completely separate way. Oh, absolutely. And I think I was like a good ways into it, like at least halfway. And we, I played this while I was on mic with you and Josh, but I, I was all of a sudden like, Hey Donnie, what is the, what are the red blinking dots mean compared to the yellow? And you're like, Oh, there's two exits. And I was like, what? <laughs> there's two. And then you explained it. And I went looking and I was like, Oh my God. Cause yeah, I got stuck in the uh, forest of illusion because you had to get a second exit. Like, I went through this totally linear up until then. Yeah. And I, I didn't grasp what was going in. When I when I was asking you without spoilers um, what I needed to know going into this, all you told me was go left and get a Yoshi and a cape. <laughs> and that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, did that, not, I did not know. <laughs> that Yoshi and that cape will carry you all the way through the game too, um, which I, I love. I... I I love, I love, I love the cape. You'll hear me brag about the cape. You'll hear me talk about the cape. I think that was my favorite addition to the game. And Yoshi. I, I, Yoshi ended up having his own spinoffs. He had his own game series. Uh, and actually, we were discussing this as well. Uh, Yoshi's Island is the predecessor to pretty much all of it. Um, that's the start of a lot of the stuff. Uh, which, of course, it came after Super Mario World, but it's supposed to kind of give you the start of it as Baby Mario and Yoshi meeting. So uh, that's really cool. I love the, the way they kind of give it a um, a timeline. You know, they kind of give you some some structure to the world and give you, oh, yeah, Yoshi's here now, but he also showed up previously. Uh, he is also part of the picture or part of everything long ago. Um but I'm partial to this one. This 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 is a game that's got a lot of love in my uh, my eyes, and I think there's a lot of people who would agree with me when they say retro style Mario. I think it's the best. I think it's the best one. I think you're right. I mean, now that I've played through it and beaten it, I do think it's the best one. Uh, I am still very partial to the original and the third. Great games. Yeah. No. This this is really good. If I would have played this when I was a kid. Like at my house over and over and over again, I think it would be my favorite for sure. I do. I think it's the best old school 2D Mario for sure. Um, and another thing, uh, the music. 
we oh. we've discussed this i i love i love 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 the music in mario and it's it's simplicity is also what makes it so beautiful i think right no the soundtrack man i mean i'm such a nerd for the soundtrack of any video game really there's not many games out there that have bad ones but this one is really really good and yeah like you said just the fact that he one guy made it with a keyboard and not even like anything super nice like it's insane yeah uh and you know actually i want to backstep for a second because we we discussed this earlier and it's something that i absolutely adore uh, Chocolate Island 2 has three ways to beat it. Uh, one is based off your coins, one is based off your speed, and one is just beaten the regular way. A nice, slow, steady pace through it. And that's that's incredible. Uh, it's the only game, or the only map in the entire game that has three exits. Plenty of them have two. Um, right. But Chocolate Island throws that, that screwball in there. They're like, oh, we got you used to what you think you know is going to happen. Well, here's a third way through it, and uh, I loved that. And uh, when I was trying to do my first 100% run, you don't understand the frustration of not knowing that there was a third level and a third way to beat that map. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. That fascinated me. That was that was really cool. Oh, absolutely. Especially when you're talking like pre-internet times. Like, I can't imagine. I mean. That's probably the reason I didn't beat a lot of games and why I'm able to do this podcast now is because the internet wasn't around when I tried to beat a lot of these. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I, I believe that, honestly. And I, I, I'm i guilty myself. There's uh, quite a few retro games that I've played through where I'm just like, okay, Google, help me out here. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look up what I need to know about it because uh, we live in a, a luxury world where we get to cheat finger quotations our way yeah, through it's, games it's not you know? cheating it's not cheating it released with their snes um which they kept tradition and this is something we were both talking about loving uh it was free with the console where right. do you, where do you get that today where can you buy a console that releases its flagship game with it you know yeah it doesn't exist i just bought a series x a couple months ago there wasn't a free game with it no no, you know what you, you know what you got? You probably barely got a controller with it. <laughs> yeah, I got a controller, and then I shelled out another sixty bucks for another one. Yeah, and the headset. Mm-hmm. And that that's uh, that's the world we live in today. But back oh, yeah. then, a game that if you were was to buy it standalone was twenty five dollars, which again, incredible. In the nineties, things were a little bit cheaper, but a twenty five dollar price tag for a game is something that we would love to see you barely get indie developers releasing games for less than $30 right. so uh, that that was that was awesome and they really set the precedent for a lot of things and you actually saw uh, and I'm, I'm going to kind of toss them in here you saw Sega do the same thing to try and battle it out with Nintendo with Sonic um, Sega was brilliant in the time and unfortunately ended up falling out but uh, they they put up a fight in a world where Nintendo was kind of the king. Again, it was a first for a lot of things. Uh, they threw in new controls, new uh, things that you weren't used to. The spin jump, that was something that we'd never seen before. Yeah, this is the first time uh, for Mario using four buttons. Yeah, uh, that that's another thing. Uh, the controller. Uh, you were showing me your wireless one earlier, which uh, is fascinating because it's new age, old age, you know, like... It's new technology, but old school, and I, I love that. The bumpers came into it. The XYAB came into it, um, which at the time, what what were we used to? Up, down, left, right, AB, start, select. That's that's, that's all it. we had, yeah. you know. NES, yeah, absolutely, and that's that's part of the reason why this game fucked me up so much for so long, and I didn't even realize it until I was playing it on this run. You know, you hold down the left button to run and you mash the other button right next to it on the NES controller. I didn't realize that the buttons on the SNES controller did different things. Like oh, I realized yeah. that the jump with B is different than the jump with A. Like the the jump with A makes you do the spin jump. Yeah. So when you're riding Yoshi, the way I play traditionally is I hold X and A. I don't use uh, the other two on bottom. So, but it was fine. And so I would play with Yoshi and then every time I would jump, I would jump off him. 
Um, and what's funny about that is I love the comparison to uh, myself. I started really gaming on the SNES, so I'm going to be a YB guy. I, I've, I've always kind of, that's where my hands naturally go to. Uh, so sprint with Y, jump with B, I never really had that issue. It was more of a stretch for me to reach up to X and A. Like that was a little more uncommon. So it's funny to see the comparison between the two of us. Similar age kind of the same generation like we were born around the same time but the differences in console kind of forged who we are as gamers too you know it, it helped change and and mold us into what we play in our play styles today because you immediately went to those buttons and i was just like i don't i don't play like that <laughs> right. yeah like as soon as um not as soon as i don't know what i'm saying when i play on switch like some games give you the option of, um, you know, you, you can use Y or B or X and A. And even on the Switch, I still use X and A. Yeah. So like, I'm just, my hands just aren't on the bottom tier of the buttons usually. So it took a little while, but I did get used to it. And I eventually stopped jumping off of Yoshi every time I got him. <laughs> um, another fun thing about Super Mario World, it's the first time you ever have a storage box. Um, you oh, for saves, yeah. Uh, well, no, no, for your oh, item. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, for your item. You've, yeah, that's a game changer right there. You've got a secondary item in in queue. That if you want, you can actually drop at any point in time too. So you could keep a flower up there and be running the cape, and when you got to a boss fight, swap them out. You could actually drop them and uh, take your flower and put your cape back up there, and it would actually store that for you. So that was another big change and a big, like a little bitty tweak that actually made a big deal and wasn't capable up until the 16-bit system either. Right, lots of innovation here. And yeah, like what you were just saying about being able to change out your item, I had no idea. I never did that through my playthrough. So <laughs> yeah. I, I either kept cape or lost cape, that's all. And I would get like the fireballs if they presented themselves. But as soon as I could get that cape, I got the cape and I'm going to hold on to it for your yeah. life. Uh, and, and it's funny, uh, you were talking about missing Star Road. Uh, your different colored Yoshis, the, the changes in the Yoshi and the behavior of it because of which Yoshi you had. Blue Yoshi is the goat. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Blue Yoshi is the epiphany of Yoshis. If you think yellow Yoshi or red Yoshi, and like green's the OG, I'm not hating on green, but if you think yellow and red Yoshi are better than blue Yoshi, fight me, because blue Yoshi is, I mean, he's he's the best. They're, oh, they're, definitely. There's no comparison. No. If you like flying around on your wonderful dinosaur friend, then Yoshi is the only way to go, and he has to be blue. Um, which, again... I loved about the game. I loved that you could have the option of playing different ones and have um, have one and get to experience a new type of play. Ye oh, Ye yeah. Yellow Yoshi stomps. So, like, you can run around stomping and defeating your Koopas and your Goombas and all that kind of stuff. Or you could take your Red Yoshi and just spit fireballs at everything, which is awesome. I'm not saying that it's not. Big fan big fan of that i love the innovation uh but they nailed it they did a really good job yeah yeah i mean yoshi's its own thing now and yeah. it has been for years absolutely um, yeah i mean they just uh what a couple of years ago yoshi got another game in his in his own right it was uh yoshi's crafted world for the switch i haven't played it josh says it's really really good but is that the I yarn one it. yeah i yeah. actually i did play through that one i remember when it come out it was fun it's it's a Yoshi game, so I feel like it's a little more... It's for kids. Yeah, yeah. it's a little more targeted towards children, but uh, being a Nintendo fanboy, of course I had to go through and play it. I had to give it a shot. And like you said, it's a standalone character now. You don't, you don't just get to think, oh, well, he'll be in the next Mario game. He'll have his own game. He'll do his own thing. So that's that's awesome. That's, uh, that's great to see that it ended up being as big of a deal. We yeah. got him. That's it's so crazy, and man, what a good game to bring him out in because it's like dinosaur, you know, so good. Another thing, uh, and I, I learned a lot of little facts and stuff uh, recently about the game just because I was doing some research for this podcast. Uh, the sunken ship level, mm -hmm. that is the ship 
from Super Mario Brothers 3. That's actually oh, the... that's the, really, really the, interesting. That's the Koopa airship. So when you go through that level next time, if you happen to play Super Mario again, uh, just look at it, and you'll you'll start to see, oh my god, that is the Koopa airship, which is incredible. Uh, those little details, that little Easter egg, you know, things like that, where it's nods to the previous games. It's It's them saying, hey, we've still got this in here, even though it's in dinosaur land so i thought that was really cool super mario 3 or not super mario but mario brothers 3 is actually gonna get covered on here at some point i i think i've beaten it back in the day but i'm not positive i definitely played the shit out of it growing up um but if i did beat it i was a kid and i really really want to go back through and do do a podcast on that so, That's so cool. Yeah. So many little things in these old Nintendo games, man. They just have that extra little piece of polish on them, and it's just so cool. Um, and, and I'm I'm a big fan of those little those little nods towards things. Um, those little, hey, look at this. It may not be directly correlated to that, but we're just kind of showing it off to be like, look. And we uh, we were discussing enemies and stuff as well. More so than just enemies that showed up, there were obstacles that kind of showed up in in Mario that were new. Uh, And one, which is very iconic, and you end up seeing it in Super Mario Maker and other games, was the buzzsaws. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't realize, and I've never noticed, which again, I was a kid, uh, the buzzsaws never showed up till Super Mario World. I did know that. Uh, well, not that they showed up here exactly, but I knew that they weren't in other games. Because the second I saw them, I was like, oh, that's insane. Because the first thing I thought of was Super Meat Boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, they, they had to have taken it from this. Yeah. Because it's it, the exact same thing. Uh, and that's funny. I haven't thought about Super Meat Boy in quite a while. It's funny that you bring Super Meat Boy up, too. Good because game. Yeah, excellent game. Another really good platforming game. So uh, that is that is funny because it has to be a direct nod to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see the opening title and it starts scrolling, you see that they're doing a demo of some level. That level, which you never got there, is Special World 5. So in the opening of Super Mario World, as it's running through like the demo, that's actually a playable world. It just was an unfinished version of that world that they put as the cover title. So that that was kind of neat to me, and uh, if you ever do make it through the special road, you'll uh, you'll see it and you'll be like, "Wow, that is it." <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I did not make it to the spe- well, I did make it to the special road, but I didn't get through them. I got to the second one, and that's when I threw in the towel. But very cool, man. Very very cool. Um, dragon coins. Dragon coins are in Super Mario World. And it's com- another one I didn't know about. I didn't know about them until I beat the game, and then I researched it later that the dragon coins actually did something. I just saw, I guess in my head, I thought that, like, you have your coins, and they, like, you have a score. I thought that the big coins just gave you a bigger score. Yeah. So, like, I got them when I, when I uh, saw them, but I never, like, made it a point to get them, you know? And I think it's funny because in all the later renditions of Yoshi... All you really ever see him say or anything is Yoshi. But in Super Mario World, he talks and he has full vocabulary. He actually... I didn't even think about that, yeah. Yeah, um, Yoshi can speak. He's not just a dumb dinosaur who says Yoshi a bunch of times. God, Nintendo. (laughs) Yeah. Why'd you have to shut him up? I know, they silenced our dinosaur friend, which uh, we deal with oppression every day. Um, uh, fun fact, and this, this is one I was telling you, uh, Star World 3 is the shortest Mario level in all of Mario 2. So that, that's, uh, interesting. And you found that out yourself earlier. It literally is like a, a couple steps and then you're out of the world, you know? Yeah. It's like a solid five seconds. I want do I mean, honestly, I think I can get the speed run world record on it. <laughs> Probably. I wonder who has it. It's I don't know. Thing. Just level specific. You only run that level a bunch of times. Yeah, uh, that'd exactly. be, uh, that'd be pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, another thing. And you know, I'd never thought about this and I saw a fact thing about it. And it's one where I was just kind of like, wow, the Koopa clown car that Bowser's in mm-hmm. shows emotion. 
I did notice that. I did notice that before I looked at the wiki and stuff. Um, so that it, it frowns when you beat it. Well, it also has like a little tear when you hit it. So does that mean that. that it's alive? Like, are yeah. is, is Bowser riding around in a living clown car? So correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the only time I've ever seen Bowser in that because Bowser Jr. in the later games has like a rendition of that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you ever see Bowser in it again. I can't think of a time where I've seen it show up again in that form because it's a clown car, but it's really more of a little airship. He rides mm-hmm. around on it, you know. Uh, but I think, and if I'm not mistaken, Bowser Jr. actually, his does that too, or it'll mm-hmm. like fly away. I just don't know if it's the exact same model. Um, so model S. Yeah, model S. Uh, <laughs> that, that could be true. That could actually be something where it doesn't show up again, which, um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a little stuck on the fact that it could be a living clown car, which is horrifying in a sense, uh. Really? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's weird. I can <laughs> tell you that much. It's real weird. Um, yeah, we were talking about Bowser, but I don't think we mentioned anything about the Koopa Kids. Oh, man, the Koopa Kids. And uh, I think it's funny because you, you actually discussed this the other day. All nods towards musicians. Yep. Uh, all, every name in the series for the Koopa Kids is a nod towards a musician, which is really cool. My favorite, and this is just me, Ludwig. I love Ludwig. Uh, I like his look, his crazy hair and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was probably my favorite Koopa Kid of the grouping. They're all great. Yeah, all Ludwig's Koopa Kids sick. are created equal. But Ludwig <laughs> just happens to be my favorite. Um, I really liked uh, I really liked Roy. I don't know why. I don't remember why, but I know I liked him. Uh, just because he's Roy. You just just you know. maybe it's uh, like a smash reference in my brain or something from the character Roy <laughs> yeah. from Fire Emblem, Roy and Marth. And then of course we see the larger versions of some classic characters, uh, Bullet Bill. We see his Bonsai Bill version, which is just the really big ass bullet, which oh, I thought yeah. was pretty cool. You know, massive um, Bullet Bill, Big Boo. Mm-hmm. And uh, something that I love that you saw earlier when you were getting to Star Road is you actually have a mini boss fight with Big Boo, too. Yeah, when I got to, uh, what is it, Big Boo? Is that the name of it, Big Boo, the Big Boo? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, I could be wrong, but I don't think he makes another appearance in a Mario game until Luigi's Mansion. It's something in my head says that he's in Mario 64, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But I, Luigi's Mansion, for sure, he's in there. I don't remember him in 64, but like I told you, that's that's probably my least played one was Mario 64. So it's hard for me to really say. I'll accept it as fact. It's fine. He was not stamp in another it, Mario it's game. It's a fact. Yep, stamp <laughs> it down. But I know for a fact he was in Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, um... And then uh, something else that I don't know if you ever see again, and I could be mistaken on this, is the the green the green circles. Yeah, no, I, I never. Seen I don't again. think you ever see those guys again. Big um, boogers. I don't. I don't even remember what they're called. Let's see if it's in. I called them boogers the whole time, but they're like snot bubbles. That's just what they looked like to me. This might show up. It, honestly, it might show up in the Mario maker or whatever do you, that i don't know if you remember that series that they had I, I actually haven't played it but um i would assume if it did show up that is where it would be and then another one uh that i love and you really only see it like one time in the entire in the entirety of super mario world is uh torpedo ted i uh, you didn't you didn't see him did you no so what? torpedo uh, ted torpedo ted is the counterpart to bullet bill um, and he is, and this is going to surprise you, a torpedo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Makes um, sense. Which uh, I also found out another interesting thing. Um, in the Japanese version, Torpedo Ted is still called, he's not Ted, he's just called Torpedo. Let me see if I've got it in my notes here. Yeah, it's Torpedo, T-O-R-P-I-D-O. And uh, Bill is actually just called Kira, which is Japanese for killer. So... Uh, killer torpedo eh? uh well uh bullet bill is oh okay kira yeah. um so when it come to america and i don't know if it's a direct nod to it but it could be a nod to bill and ted's 
bogus adventure. Uh, Nintendo does weird shit like that, so I'm sure that's the case. One of the harder levels is actually Soda Lake, is what I believe it's called. You remember that's I was extra level, right? Yeah, it is. It's one yeah, of the secret levels. Yeah, I didn't levels. get there. Didn't get there, but you remember I was showing you where Cookie Island was. Yeah. So it's right next to or Cookie Mountain. It's right next to Cookie Mountain. Like if you go left on the bridge and down, it's down there. That's why I didn't find it. I didn't get to Cookie Mountain. We were just talking about that before we started the podcast. Some I don't know how, but I beat the game without getting to Cookie Mountain. I yeah. guess you don't have to, which is even crazier. I was like, I missed a whole section of the game. That's like, I probably missed like 20 exits. Yeah, and just... <laughs> and that's, that's what is kind of fascinating about the complex linear structure. Instead of it just being a straight A to B, they actually gave you that option of completely skipping areas and never seeing those areas because you played through it a different way. Yeah, um, it wasn't even like I saw it and I was like, no, I see a way around it. I'm not going to do it. No, I didn't see it. I yeah. never, <laughs> It never came on my map. And later I was like, oh, so there were only seven Koopa Kids that you had to beat, plus the... Uh, the Resnors? Yeah, it was seven yeah. Koopa. I was like, oh, it's, so it's seven Koopa, Koopa Kids plus the Resnors and... Really? No, there's eight. And I was like, oh shit, well, maybe I miscounted. And then when you started talking about Cookie Island, I was like, I didn't see that. Yeah. So, uh, um, <laughs> totally missed it. Which, which uh, again, is, is great replay value. Makes it worth going through again because there are things that you miss. There are things that are new that you can go back through and do again. Um, which, at the time, was invaluable in video games. You know, you didn't have games dropping left and right like we do today, it would be every once in a while a new game would come out. Something new would be released. Or in this instance, the new console came out and we got this game with it, you know. It was years before we got another Super Mario. Right. And it's still kind of like that with this franchise nowadays, but um, in in terms of them not just dropping year after year after year. Yeah. Like if a Mario game's coming out this generation, I'm going to know about it. Like, I'm going to have it pre-ordered or ready to download. Like, that is a day one purchase for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unless, like, you know, something comes up. But, I mean, by and large, day one purchases for big Nintendo games that come out, especially Mario. What would you say, uh, with what you've played through, was your favorite part? Ooh, that's tough. Um, well, I really liked it when I grasped after I beat it the cape situation because yeah. I didn't I did not play this with a cape like it wasn't like it was cool when I got the cape and I was able to fly through some levels but if I lost it or whatever I'd just be like whatever I'm gonna keep playing after I realized how much you can manipulate the game with the cape I was like I there's no other way to play it like if you lose the cape go get another cape yeah like doesn't matter what it takes go back to the beginning and get the cape <laughs> you just go get that cape and you or you know we played it on switch so you just get a little rewind every now and again so i, you know, I you didn't get... <laughs> know that that was even a thing like it's funny because you brought it up and i didn't even know that you could rewind it i played through it when i played through it and i would just die i would just yeah lose my stuff die and then go and get it and then do it again so knowing that there is a rewind it was actually really funny to me because i didn't realize that that was a yeah. factor yeah, I mean, that's just like a quality of life improvement. Like, why not take the five seconds it takes to rewind where you still have the cape instead of spending five minutes going back to get a cape? Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's um, something else I thought was pretty interesting, and I, I touched on this just a little bit earlier. The uh, color scheme change when you beat Special Road. Um, that's such a fun little Easter egg kind of thing. And they give the Koopas Mario faces, which, again, as a child, I loved. I thought that was such a cool thing. Um, I went through the the sweaty side of Mario. I beat the harder levels, and then I got to this point of where now I get to stomp on all these Koopas that have Mario faces. So yeah, that that was such a cool thing to me. And I never realized this, but you know who else gets a appearance change? Who's that? Bullet Bill. What did he turn into? He's like a little black pigeon thing. What? Yes, yes. And honestly, you should you should Google an image real quick. Oh, I'm doing it. Because uh, I never really realized that until afterwards. And then I saw it, and they were talking about it. And I was like, holy shit. 
he does change. He does change his look. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I literally searched on Google, Bullet Bill Mario World Pigeon. And that's what it pulled up. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah, pulled out a weird, weird picture. That is unsettling. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, it, it actually really changes his look. And something as silly and little as that, and even the color scheme change, uh, it gives it a new feel. It gives it a new kind of... No, it doesn't play any different, but we didn't have that. That wasn't something that was common. That wasn't something we saw all the time. Yeah, now that I think about it, like for the time period in which this game came out, I don't think that that's ever happened. I mean, I could be wrong. We would have to fact check, but I don't think anything like that's ever happened, probably because of the lack of the 16 bits. Yeah. It's so cool. Like they well, literally probably couldn't have fit... That because think about that the whole game has to be in there twice. Yeah, yeah, it's a complete rescheming of the game, and it, like, yeah, it might not be the entire game is changing, but the color scheme is changing, and with a four megabyte cartridge, that's a big deal. That's that's a lot. That's them tossing a lot of extra memory into a very limited space. So uh, I, I love it. I love it, and the more I see and the more i see like read about it and even this chance of us going over it uh, i've got to learn new things i've got to re-explore a game that i was already in love with and learn something new about it so i i've thoroughly enjoyed playing through this again just for the sake of knowledge you know yeah getting such getting that gem. other yeah it's such a gem of a game i'm so glad i got to finally play through it um people have judged me for a really long time for not playing through this. But, you know, it's also... I don't have a Super Nintendo in the house at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I've just... You know, I've just never gotten around to it. I've played it here and there, but I've never actually sat down to actually try to do a good run at it. So I'm super, super glad I got to do it. From the time we talked about playing this, it was three days. Yeah. From the time we talked about it, played it, beat it, and recorded a podcast on it. It's incredible. That's a dream. And on, uh, I'm I'm going to tell you one of my favorite additions to the game, as an enemy standpoint, was Blarg. You want to talk about uh, an interesting addition, and you only see him like one other time after that in Mario games. Yeah, the, remind me, who is it? The lava dude, the the little lava creature that sits oh, down. Oh, the dragon. In the, uh, a, a dragon, whatever he is. Uh, He's got like the big the big eyes. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, he, I saw him in uh, Yoshi's Story. I just played through that like a couple months ago. That's the only other time that you see Blarg in any of the series, too. Believe it or not, Yoshi can eat his ass. In this game? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard Whoa. to do, but you can actually eat those with Yoshi. Huh. Um, and then we were talking about things that Yoshi can eat, and this is another fun fact that I learned. I've never played the Japanese version of the game. Uh, in the Japanese version, which it's a little taboo, Yoshi could eat the dolphins in the dolphin level. I'm fine um, with it. And um, in the American version, they decided that he was not allowed to eat dolphins. They so, always do that. Why do they always do that? They always censor, and that's some stupid shit. Like, talking as a vegetarian, you can eat the dolphins in the video game, you know? But every I, single time something gets localized, there's something taken out. They're like, oh, we're too sensitive. You can stomp a million turtles to death, but you eat one dolphin, and we've got a big problem. So uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting fact about the game, and I didn't realize that either, that you had that option in the Japanese version. Honestly, the first thing that comes to mind when you say that, that Yoshi can eat the dolphins, I wonder how close this came out to Echo the Dolphin for Sega. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I wonder know. if it's connected. Uh, and I would think the time frame would have to be pretty close. Okay, hold on. Oh, you're going to Google it, aren't you? I'm Googling okay, it. Okay. That's I was, hilarious. I actually wanted to know, too. I was like, all right, well, when did it come out? No, no. It, 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 as bad as I want that to be the truth, it's not. It came out July 29th in 1992, so they beat it by a little bit. But, hey, maybe they had an insider, and uh, they knew, and they just wanted to rip on him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what? No, I'm going to stamp that one, too. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. You heard it here first. Yeah, that's a fact. Uh, Echo the Dolphin kept Yoshi from eating dolphins. So. Heard it um, here first. <laughs> so if, uh, if I had to give it a rating, 
and like really critique it, I'd say like a solid eight and a half out of ten. Eight and a half out of ten. Honestly. And one of the big things that I think I would complain about with the game, which it, it's a different time, and I like when I I'm really critiquing here, is the the time it takes to finish the game. But it's also something today we're spoiled. We're used to much larger games. So I, I'm I'm going off of what I like to play and how I like to play. I would like more, and that's my biggest problem with this game is I want more of it. So any additional levels, any like the special road, star road, all that stuff is some of my favorite parts because not only did you get like your core game, but you had those extra little secrets to kind of add to it. A perfect 10 out of 10 doesn't exist. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's fair. I would honestly rank it a little bit higher than that, I think. If we're talking out of 10, uh, I, I give it a 9, just a little bit higher. There's nothing it does wrong in my eyes. Actually, I mean, it's. I'm not going to give it a 10, but it's pretty perfect. I mean, there's nothing... There's nothing wrong. In terms of being short, personally, that's how I like my games. Like, I don't like drawn-out games. I'm really into just, like, knocking a game out in a day or a weekend or a week. Like, my general rule of thumb is I don't play anything that's going to take me more than 40 hours to beat. And when you're talking a game like this, like, for the first time ever me trying to play through it, I think I probably put in six hours, maybe. Six or seven perfect like that's a perfect weekend game perfect just one day game if you really wanted to i beat it into um perfect just the right amount yeah and again i I like the contrast there too elden ring we were talking about it earlier yeah yeah we're on totally opposite ends of the spectrum i'm I'm like 130 (laughs) hours into the game no way (laughs) and eating it up you know i'm i'm absolutely in love with it so i love to really be able to dedicate myself to something but that love for me started with probably, and it's not so much an RPG, but uh, Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. I think it's an RPG. It's similar to that. You it's kind of got the feel, you know. Yeah. It's kind of got that aspect to it. It's adventurer, but not quite as in-depth as what we see in our RPGs today. I'm going to go off on a little conspiracy theory here for a second, but I've thought this for basically my whole life. Uh Mario and Zelda are connected. Oh, yeah? You think so? Well, is it... um, Which Zelda is it? Link's Awakening. There's Chain Chomps. Oh, oh, yeah. You're absolutely right. I think somebody... Or there's at least one. I know there's one. There might be multiple, but um, I think they're connected. And in Mario Odyssey... No, not Mario Odyssey. Mario Galaxy. um, When you beat that game, you find out that there's many different worlds and many different galaxies and as soon as you beat mario galaxy you essentially wake up as yoshi at the beginning of the game in a different universe so i think it's very similar because link jumps back and forth um basically in the same way like through different universes you have like you know ocarina of time is a totally different link than wind waker yeah yeah so Uh, phantom hourglass exactly uh... Right. Uh, yeah, I could I could see a correlation between the two, and we're gonna go ahead and stamp it, and it's a fact now. <laughs> it's like a fact. They're in the. <laughs> we're just making our own facts. So. Uh. <laughs> well, yeah, like in Zelda, that's been confirmed. Like that is the base storyline that they are basically in different universes in different times, or whatever. But in yeah. Mario, that's never even mentioned until Galaxy, and that's the whole point of Galaxy is that there's different universes. It's really interesting. I don't know. Mario Galaxy's just in the brain because I just beat that to cover yeah. later this week. So that well, one's getting an episode. And it's funny that you say that too because uh, in Link's Awakening, or no, it's, um, what did you just say it was? Uh, uh, yeah, no, Link to the Past. Link or maybe past. it is. No, I think it is Link's Awakening. I don't fucking know. It's one of Link those old Link to the ones. Past is the first one. Okay. Link, Link's Awakening is the one I believe you're talking about. Because okay. when he goes to the village, there's Bow Wow. Is what they yeah. call him, and that's yeah. the chain chomp that's uh, chained up outside of a house. Mm-hmm. Um, There's also a Yoshi doll. Yes, yes, that you can win from the arcade machine. So mm-hmm. I, I very, very, and it could just be little Easter eggs, but that that's also um, even more of a reason to believe that we have fact stamped and brought that into reality. We are, we're just making facts. That's what we do. 
making them up. That's you the check in to uh, listen to Game Time Podcast, and we give you facts, even if they're not true. It's time, Donnie. It's time. It's uh, not time. time. You, I forgot. It's uh, time. I might as well just stop recording. No, <laughs> uh, no, I think I think we need. I think it's about time for us to wrap it up. But um, awesome. there's there's one thing. Josh kind of started this. Uh, um, Super Mario World. If you want to pick up a copy, according to PriceCharting.com, only seventeen dollars and forty seven cents. If you want it on the original Super Nintendo. Uh, that's a loose copy. Uh, obviously, you can play it on Switch for free if you have the online subscription. If you want a complete copy, that's <laughs> manual and box opened, nothing too crazy, $833. And if you want it new, 2677 <laughs> $2, bucks For seventeen forty-seven. fuck yeah. Absolutely. Go, go pick this up. I don't Definitely have a Super Nintendo where I would... If I if I have a Super Nintendo, when I have a Super Nintendo, uh, this will be in the collection yep. without a doubt. I know we're wrapping this up, so I'm going to do one final shameless plug. Uh, Sexy Snake Senpai on Twitch. Please, by all means, come in, check it out, hang out. Uh, don't have to subscribe, don't have to follow, just come in and chill. Talk anime, watch some Elden Ring, watch me yell at people in Rocket League. I do all those fun things. Cole, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we got to discuss this. I was worried to fill 30 minutes, and here we are an hour and 36 minutes later. I told you. And uh, it went pretty smoothly, so... Yeah, it went great, man. Donnie, thank you so much as always. Um, I say to everybody who comes on here, thank you so much. Uh, This would not be possible without you. Or you. uh, Yeah, no, I'm, I'm stoked. Let's keep this shit going. such a good song all the music in this game is so good <sighs> love it love it so much man super shout out to donnie again this was a lot of fun this was a really fun one to do uh yeah from start to finish three days not too shabby honestly i wish more of these took only three days because that is a dream this it's a lot of work and it's a labor of love though i really i really enjoy doing this and uh it's it's been fun so far i'm gonna keep doing it And as always, if you did make it to the end of this, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate the support. And uh, people are seeming to take an interest, so I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I'm going to keep doing it regardless. Till next time, guys. Peace.